Love to have you uh, go to uh, Matthew 6. If we could start off there, please. Just as a quick outline today, what I'd like to do is do a recap of what we talked about for the last couple of weeks. I'm going to stay on this theme of prayer, and then we're going to get done a little bit early today, and then I'd like to just practice praying together for what I'm going to talk about, what's been on my heart this week. Just as a, just as a refresher, a couple, two or three weeks ago, I talked about the prayer ministry of the church and our role in undertaking being an outlet for God's will. And there's no greater way to be an outlet of God's will on the planet than for us to pray. God has a will in heaven, yes, and he wants to see it done on earth, yes. How does that get done? It gets done through his people asking, as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. Execute your will and your desires on the earth, Lord. And so we're invited into this weakness of prayer because anybody know that the Bible says when we're weak, then we are strong. But in the world's eyes and in the natural, prayer looks very weak, doesn't it? It looks like you're not doing anything. You're simply praying in the invisible realm. But actually, we're doing the most good in that place. Uh, this, this place of prayer I talked about is a, it's a testimony, it's a privilege, and it's a princely call for us. It's a testimony, it's a privilege for us, and it's a princely call, even though it can seem like, again, in the world's eyes, in the natural, that it's hard work, it's a drudgery, and things like that. No, prayer is actually a joy-filled thing. Uh, we've talked about here that we don't just have prayer meetings, we want to have a culture of prayer here at New Life El Dorado. And we talked about uh, the binding and loosing principle out of Matthew 18. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven and how the actions on earth govern the actions in heaven. I talked about how Moses came up to the Red Sea and God said, why are you crying out to me? Use your rod and stretch it over the sea and the sea will part. Use the authority I've given you to execute my will on the planet. We talked about authoritative prayer, bringing heaven down to earth through praying downwards instead of just praying upwards. I talked about that. A lot of times we know how to pray upwards to make our supplications known to God and that's good, but we also have to learn how to pray downwards because I talked about we're seated where? at the right hand of the throne of God in Christ Jesus. And so from that place, looking down on the earth in the spirit, we pray downwards, executing our authority and God's will. And then last week, again, as Alita talked about, I mentioned the authoritative prayer of not letting enemies live in your house. That enemy of condemnation that, that makes you cower and feel powerless. And then you say, okay, you can have the living room, the dining room, the kitchen, just give me a little corner closet and I won't bother you. And condemnation says, okay, I'll let you stay there, but no more. And we have to learn to drive that imposter out of our house just as we would a thief or a robber that came in. We have to use our authority in prayer. So today, I want to take off on that and go to the next step that's in my heart and talk about how believing prayer is receiving prayer. Because not all prayer is created equal, and it's important that we pray rightly. There is a right way to pray, and there is a wrong way to pray. Remember how the publican comes before the, the Lord in the scriptures uh, and he beats his chest and he says, have mercy on me, the sinner. But the Pharisee stands up and says, 
I think that I'm a good guy and not as bad as this publican. And the Lord says, one went home justified, meaning his prayer was heard, and one went home not, meaning his prayer was not heard. And then all throughout, the, especially the minor prophets, is replete with the Lord saying, your prayers mean nothing to me. They're, they're like, they're, they're filling up my ears. And I, I want them to be gone because I want you to obey me first and then your prayers will mean something to me. So all prayer is not created equal. We have to pray rightly. And that's what I want to talk about today. Believing prayer and only believing prayer is receiving prayer. So a couple of reminders. What believing prayer is about Three different things. What believing prayer is about. Matthew chapter 6, if you would, go to uh, starting in verse uh, 7. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We all know that, but as a backdrop for prayer, number one, prayer is about invasion. We're asking the Lord to bring his kingdom from heaven to earth and bring his will from heaven to earth and that's an invasion type language. That's saying we want an enemy inhabited territory to be broken through with a kingdom territory. What do you think is going to happen against us when we pray this invasion type prayer? All of the power of hell is going to come against us bringing that invasion. Anybody ever struggle with prayer? You know why? It's because the enemy hates prayer. It's the most effective thing we can do on this planet, and the enemy hates it. We're actually ushering in a new king to rule and reign, and the old king here hates that, and so he's going to try to pick us off one by one or as a group to stop us from praying. Number two, prayer is about partnership. Look at verse eight. The Lord already knows what we need before we ask him, so why do we ask God for things that we need? And it's because... God has a will in heaven, and he wants to partner with us to accomplish that will here on earth. Look at verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. We're asking for daily bread, even though the Lord knows that we need daily bread. So he's saying he could pour it out in a second. He could give us everything we need in a second, but he wants us to partner with him. Why? Because the Lord wants us to know his heart and to know him. He wants personal relationship. And in that place of love, he imparts his blessing. I know you guys know this. So prayer is about invasion. Prayer is about partnership. And go to your right to Colossians chapter 1, if you would, guys. Prayer is about knowledge. For this reason, starting in verse 9, of Colossians 1. Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Number one, this is what Paul's praying for his church. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of good principles of Christian living. Nope. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of Bible reading 
We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. The reason we know God's will, the reason we need to know God's will is because then we can pray effectively. If we do not know God's will, and knowing God's will is vital, then we're kind of praying shotgun prayers, kind of aimless prayers. This is why praying for the sick is so important. We, not, we, we, we have to know God's will when we pray for the sick. We have to know beyond a shadow of doubt what he wants to do with that person. Then we can pray effectively. This is why it's so important to know God's will for your finances so you can pray effectively. It's why it's so important to know God's will for your life so you can pray without doubt. Prayer is about knowledge. True believing prayer is about knowledge. And the enemy wants to keep the knowledge of God's will from us. Does that make sense? Prayer is about invasion. Prayer is about partnership. Prayer is about knowledge. Say it with me so we can all remember this week. Prayer is about invasion. Prayer is about partnership. Prayer is about knowledge. Those three things, everything the enemy is against comes against those, in, those areas in one way or another. So we've covered that. Number two, what believing prayer is not, what it does not look like. And let me give you a little story. I was in shopping um, at Cabela's this week, and um, I, was, I was going to buy something, and the guy that was helping me out uh, was a nice guy, but I could tell he was just not having a great day. And um, we started talking. I was in there with Asher, and we started talking to this guy a little bit, and he started uh, talking about hurting a little bit. And I said, where are you hurting? And he said, oh, I, I messed up my neck with a work injury years ago, and now I can barely move it. And I said, where does it hurt? And he said, from the middle of my back up to the top of my spine, it hurts all the time. A doctor screwed some stuff up, had a surgery, it went wrong, and so now it's just ruined for life. My heart was just really going out to this guy, and he was just, just kind of angry, just kind of upset in general about that, and it's their fault, and I just, you know, whatever. I just kind of live with it now. So I got really stirred for this guy. I said, Brian, I said, do you, uh, do, do you have people, has anybody ever prayed for you? I'd like to pray for you. And he said, it won't do any good. He said, this is the type of thing that just can't be healed. You know, if, if I got healed from this, then doctors and medical people everywhere would be saying, holy cow, this is the most amazing thing we've ever seen. But in my case, it won't happen. I can't be healed. I said, wow, well, he's God, you know, is it, he can heal. He's like, ah, I got people praying for me a lot. So if you want to pray for me, that's fine. But I got people praying for me all the time, but it won't be healed. And I didn't say that. I said, I'm going to be praying for you anyway, man. And I left, but I didn't say this, but I said, no, it won't be healed. Jesus came up to the men who were sick sometimes and said, what do you want me to do for you? And sometimes he would ask them, do you believe that I can heal you? Meaning, do you want what I have for you? And unfortunately, and I'm praying for this guy. Asher and I sat out in the truck and prayed for him after I got in the parking lot. And I've been praying for this guy. I need this guy to be filled with the knowledge of God's will that he actually wants to heal him, spirit, soul, and body. So what I mean by that, believing prayer is not what this guy said. Yeah, lots of people are praying for me, comma, but it's not going to happen. And sometimes we, especially uh, been in church a long time, we know better than to say that, but we really think that when we're praying. Yeah, thanks for your prayers. Keep on praying. But this is kind of a big mountain and there's no way. The Red Sea is in front of me. There's no way it could ever actually part. 
I don't really believe that. But, but in our heart of hearts, we don't believe that God really wants to. He, he, he doesn't really care that much about us. So believing prayer is, is something that has to come from the knowledge of who God is. We don't really ask God because of three things. I, I believe we don't really ask God for prayer to be answered because we don't believe his word. At the core, we don't really believe what this book says about what he wants to do. Anything you ask according to my will, I'll think about it. No, anything you ask according to my will, I'll give you. Anything we ask in here, do we believe that? That's an amazing promise for us. We don't really believe his word. Number two, we don't really believe his goodness, that he's a good God, that he actually desires to give us really, really, really good stuff. He is so good. Yeah, not just that he is good, God is goodness. Like he, he, he epitomizes it. It comes from within him. If I like to get Christmas presents and good gifts for my kids, how much more? He is such a good God. I don't know if we believe that, though. And thirdly, I don't know that we believe his nearness, his real-time active, active work in our life right now. He's often the man in the upper room, isn't he, to us sometimes? Don't we think that? That he's kind of far off and he's kind of distanced himself from us instead of being in the nitty-gritty of daily life. He's right here with us and he cares about that check that we have to have tomorrow to cover that bill. He really, really cares about that alternator that just went out, and we just don't have the, the strength to, to, to think about repairing that old beat-up car again, or that wound that we got from that relationship. He really cares. He's intimate with us. I don't think we believe his word. I don't think we believe his goodness. I don't think we believe that he's right there with us every day. Believing prayer wipes all of that out. We believe his word. We believe his goodness. We believe his nearness. James chapter 4, if you take a quick uh, right. James chapter 4, starting in verse 2. You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. We know this verse, right? This is a common verse, but I think we don't have because we don't ask. I, I think I, I'm still, I, I, I've read this verse maybe a thousand times, and I was just struck by the fact that, oh, what, what pain we often endure. Oh, what peace we often forfeit because we don't carry everything to the Lord in prayer like that old hymn talks about. Like, oh, oh what a friend we have in Jesus. All of our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to the Lord in prayer. And I feel like I maybe carry 5% still. Maybe 10, right? Everything in our life he wants us to bring to him in prayer. We don't have because we just don't 
ask. We had Kelly and Nicole over for dinner this last week, and we made a prayer list. It's the same thing we talked about with Bill Truster here a month or so ago, making a list of specifics for prayers. If God was standing here today, and he is, but if he looked at you in the eye, and he is, and he said to you, anything you want, tell me, and I'm going to make it happen for you. What do you want? What would we say? Now, obviously, you know, it has to line up with scriptures. I doubt any of us would be praying for, you know, like a lottery ticket that would get us a billion dollars. I doubt, I think we'd all understand that. But what if we ask prayers like, Lord, I pray that you would bring peace in my heart to where this anxiety that just grips me on a regular basis would be gone in Jesus' name. That's what I want for Christmas. Lord, I pray that you would bring order in my finances to where I would actually have enough to pay my bills, enough to save, enough to buy nice things for my family, and enough to be generous and share with others. Is that God's will? You better betcha, baby. I pray, Lord, that my marriage would be so filled with order and peace and unity that when we pray together, we would see the kingdom of God come. I pray that we would be more than just a husband and wife in the natural. We'd be a brother and sister in the spirit. You think God wants that for you? What do you think is going to happen when you pray those prayers specifically? The Lord will give you what you ask. Believing prayer is asking with confidence. Believing prayer is believing, Luke talked about this with faith, that we have what we've hoped for, that we already have it. So confidence is vital. A lack of confidence. What's another word you could give me for a lack of confidence? Starts with a D. Sorry. Starts with a D, rhymes with route. Another word for a lack of confidence is to be someone who doubts. And James talks about this over in James chapter 1. You remember that? He says that when you ask, verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. But, and here's the principle in verse 6 of James chapter 1, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because this is what it's like when you doubt. The one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person, the person who doubts when they come to the place of prayer, should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Why? Because that person is a double-minded person, unstable in all that they do. And really the word there is a picture of a ship with two different rudders. It's going two different directions at the same time. Where is that ship going to go? Nowhere. It's going to just be meandering all over. And in prayer, sometimes we're just a ship with two rudders. Why? Because of doubt. So confidence is vital, vital, vital. If you don't hear anything else I say today, please hear this. When you pray, you must be able to come with confidence. And by the way, if you don't have confidence, you know what you do? You pray, Lord, I don't have confidence. I need to have confidence. Would you change my mind? And you keep on asking until he does it for you. Anything we get, anything we get in our spiritual progression comes from prayer. I firmly believe that. I don't know how to read my Bible, Lord. Help me. 
I don't, I don't desire you. Would you help me, Lord? I'm addicted to my phone. I'm addicted to movies and TV and entertainment. Would you help me, Lord? And we just keep on asking. We keep on asking. We keep on asking. And he'll do it because he knows we're weak. He knows we're just made out of flesh and bones and just dust. And if we cry out to the Lord, he'll save us. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone. So, he who doubts should not expect to receive anything from the Lord because he's double-minded and unstable. But, but, go to your right one last time. 1 John chapter 5. Love this passage. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Read in the NIV first. But this is the confidence we can have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he does what? He hears us. And if we know he hears us, and we do if we pray according to his will, and if we know that he hears us, then whatever we ask, we know that we will get what we ask him. No, that we have what we ask him. We presently have what we have asked from him. I want to read this in uh, the uh, amplified version. So good. Amplified says it this way. This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to. This is our portion This is the confidence that we're entitled to. It's ours in Christ Jesus. This is what we have before him. That if we ask anything according to his will, that is consistent with his plan and purpose, is the Lord's purpose that you have peace in your heart and mind? Absolutely. Is the Lord's purpose that you have enough in your finances to share? Absolutely. Is it the Lord's purpose that your children who are prodigals would come home? Absolutely. Is it the Lord's will and purpose that your neighbors be saved? Yeah, it is. Because it's his will that all men be saved. Is it the Lord's purpose that you're not addicted to any substance or any form of visual communication? Absolutely. Is it his purpose for you that you're set free from fear and anxiety and depression? Yes, it is. It's consistent with his plan and purpose. He hears us. And if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears us and listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know, I love this, with settled and absolute knowledge. Let that sink in for just a moment. I'm just going to sit down. Settled and absolute knowledge. Nothing to worry about. You can be settled with absolute knowledge that this is your portion. Let that word just go with you today. That which he has granted to us the requests which we have asked from him. Man, guys, I just wish that you guys would go soak in these two verses in 1 John 5 just for like at least once this week. Just go sit yourself in front of these verses and just read through them slowly. Chew on them. 
Confidence in prayer is vital. Believing prayer is receiving prayer. If you are not confident, if you doubt the Lord's goodness, if you doubt his word, if you doubt his nearness, all this stuff gets taken away. But if you trust him to act on your behalf, I promise you, you're going to see see stuff done. You're going to see heaven come down to earth. I would ask you to consider this. This is what we challenged Kelly and Nicole with this week. I would ask you to consider going home and making a list. Start off, number one, what do you want your walk with Christ to look like? What do you want it to look like? Discipline in the scriptures, knowledge of him, growth in prayer, put it on the list and ask the Lord until you see it. This is your will for my life. I believe it. So I have confidence now to ask this in Jesus' name. I believe you hear me that, that, that I'm wanting to grow in you. And I'm so weak. I don't even really want to, but I want to want to, Lord. Would you help me to grow in you? Would you help me to love the scripture and love prayer? And he'll do it, guys. He'll answer it because it's according to his will. You've actually already got the thing that you've prayed for. Now it's just time to get it worked out. What do you want your home environment to look like? What do you want your financial situation to look like? What's your desire for the lost people around you to look like? Put it on the list. What do you want your job situation to be? What do you want your children and grandchildren to be like when they grow older? What do you want this church to look like? What would you like to see our nation look like? There's a big prayer. I was praying it yesterday in the shower, scrubbing my hair. I was like, Lord... I pray that you would depose unrighteous politicians that promote death and lies and wickedness. And I pray that in their place, you would put righteous men and women who love your law and fear your name. That's according to his will. And I get what I ask for. And you can too. What do you want sicknesses of mind and body to look like? What do you want strongholds and addictions to be? Where do you want them to go? What do you want your life to look like? Put it on the list and ask the Lord. I promise you the Lord is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Have you diligently sought him in prayer? Diligence is different than a lot of other words. Diligence is a a pressing forward word. we, We have to have the Lord's help even to be diligent. Those who seek him diligently will get what they ask for. So, I've got a prayer list here with all y'all's names on it, every single one of you in here. And I'm walking around yesterday afternoon. I'm praying for each one of you. I got, I got your names right here, just like this. I'm praying for you. I'm asking for a hedge of protection. I'm praying that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will for your life. I'm praying that the Lord would open the eyes of each one of your hearts. I'm praying for you by name. And then I did something I hadn't done in a while, ever before, really. I got up here like this, and I began to breathe. Come alive. Dry bones, come alive. For all of us. Breathe. Breath of God. 
I pray, Holy Spirit, you would come and you would breathe into our fellowship. You'd breathe life into every single person I'm about to talk to tomorrow. Come alive. And I began to say this. I pray for everybody in New Life El Dorado. And for those who are watching today and those who are sitting here, I began to say, Lord, I pray that complacency and lukewarmness for everyone would be shaken in Jesus' name. I pray that, Lord, you would shake everything that needs to be shaken. Do whatever it takes in every person's life to shake complacency and control of their life and lukewarmness. Now's the time to leave this church if you want to get away because I'm praying for you. And I'm telling you guys, that's according to the Lord's will. He cares so much about you that he wants you and me delivered from lukewarmness and complacency. He wants us delivered from the love of this world. And it's going to happen. And I'm praying, and I'm not going to stop praying until I see it happening. I want to invite you guys. I don't need more than one person in here to do this. I need one of you all to pray like I'm talking about here, and we can change this city. I don't need the whole room. We, we could be packed out with people in here. I just need one. Will you be that one that will give yourself to believing and receiving prayer? The least one of us in here can do this. The weakest one in here, in fact, it's usually the least and the weakest that God accomplishes his purposes with. Ask, call on his name, believe in his word, partner with his heart and his purposes on the planet and join in his mission. Psalms 102.17 says this, he will respond to the prayer of the destitute and he will not despise their plea. He will respond to the prayer of the destitute and he will not despise their plea. Promise. I'll finish with a quote by Andrew Murray. Answered prayer is the interchange of love between the father and his child. That's all it is. That's why we have to pray believing his heart and his character. We can't pray on one lane while we think God is in another lane. No, prayer is joining with his heart and his purposes. And that's why answered prayer is the interchange of love between a father and a child. He's calling us into deeper waters. He's calling us to know him more and deeper. So this